like family with Brenda Donoghue. Thank you very much for joining me. In this edition of Like Family, we're going to talk about marriage. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. Let's meet the newlyweds and hear about the chance meeting that started it all. My first encounter and John's sitting here laughing away, went past me and I went, oh, yes, please. My exact words in my head and I'm going, oh, is the, I get in trouble for this going, breakfast, please. <laughs> I don't know if it was to cook breakfast or be me breakfast, but I'm going to be cheeky on that one. Well, I didn't get breakfast anyway. This was your first time to go out and socialise as a gay man. Pretty much, yeah. Really? Yeah. And you go and you meet Eddie. Yeah. (laughs) John and Eddie got married this year. Meanwhile, just outside Athlone, Regina and Roland are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. And the overwhelming happiness of their wedding day is very fresh in their memory. I was immensely happy. I can remember I was overjoyed that we when, you know, when we were getting married and my my happiness overcome me so much I couldn't actually say the vows. Did and you really? Yeah. You lost your voice. I cried. Oh. And I, I, the priest had to take me to one side to calm down. But I know Ronan was having minutes where he <laughs> didn't know what I was going to do. I think the bridesmaid thought she'd have to say the the words eventually, yeah. Aww. But that was a, a great day. Well, from that summer's day in 1976, when Ronan and Regina tied the knot in their local church, to John and Eddie's civil wedding in the Dublin registry office in 2016, marriage really has changed. Let's eavesdrop on John and Eddie's wedding. Now you're going to hear the clicking of the photographer's camera and the enthusiastic applause of their little nephew and the registrar, Miles Kane. And now I'd like to invite John and Eddie to stand for me, please. John, repeat after me, please. I do solemnly. I do solemnly. And sincerely declare. And sincerely declare. That I know not. That I know not. Of any lawful impediment. Of any lawful impediment. Why I, John. Why I, John. May not be joined in matrimony. May not be joined in matrimony. To Eddie. To Eddie. John, will you have Eddie to be your wedded husband? I certainly will. Will you love and comfort him in sickness and in health? I will. Eddie, will you have John to be your wedded husband? I do. Will you love and comfort him in sickness and in health? I so do. (laughs) And now I'd like to invite everybody to stand for the conclusion, please. That's John and Eddie have solemnly bound themselves in wedlock before these witnesses, their family and friends. And by virtue of authority vest me with the Civil Registration Act, I'm now delighted to pronounce you husband and husband. You may kiss your husband. As I left the registry office, I spotted John's mum outside and I asked her how she was feeling. Absolutely delighted. I'm delighted for both of them because it's been a long road and um, hard at the beginning for us. What, yeah. what way do you mean? Well, at the beginning, at first, when when John told us, we found it, we did find it hard, mm. but um, it's his life and he has to get on with it. And he's he was always a brilliant son and still is a brilliant son. And um, I'm just happy for him now, absolutely happy. And um, we're very fond of Eddie and we all get on great. And um, he's not far away if he wants to come home. <laughs> But other than that, I'm just pleased and I'm pleased that the law was changed, mm. you know, legally I, as well. And I presume you're very proud of I am today. absolutely very proud. It's a day they've been waiting for for a long time and for everybody else for a long time. <laughs> will you enjoy the rest will, of the yeah. day? Thanks, Thank Brenda. You for oh, not a, no worries. Thank you very much. It has taken a long time to get to this point. I visited John and Eddie at their Bijou apartment in Dublin city centre to hear their story. In his 20s, Eddie actually came close to marrying someone else. 
23 years of age, I came out of the closet after about three months away from my wedding to a woman and decided, okay, couldn't do this. Uh, Had to be honest to myself and to her. I tried to commit suicide over the issue uh, because it was tough. I did not want to be who I was. And I thought society didn't want me to be either. I'm lucky the strength in my father was absolutely amazing. Uh, he didn't know how to, he just said to me, I don't know what to say to you, but other than I love you. And then Eddie began to accept who he was. And finally, years later, he met John. But would their love lead to marriage? You, well, we, I think we were comfortable kind of going as doing what we were doing um, for the time being. I had a niche that needed to be scratched. I wanted to go traveling. So um, it was 2009. I quit my job and I went traveling without Eddie with a good friend of mine, Jamie. But it kind of made me realize kind of what the important things were in my life. So when I came back, we um, went on holidays to Rome in about 2010. And it was one night we were at the uh, Trevi Fountain and Eddie pulled a ring out of his pocket and he just asked me to, uh, well, marry him. So, yeah, it was Mr. Romance that night. When John went away for his year travel, that was a big eye opener, both emotionally, physically, everything for myself while he was away. And I think in a way strengthened our relationship as well and our friendship. And that was one thing was crucial is our friendship. So when John did come back, it was just pure fluke out of the blue. John, we'd booked a holiday to Rome and I just went one day and just went, okay, I'm going to ask him to marry me. And the words which come out of our mouths is to marry you, not to serve a partner. It's a language and it's a word that doesn't come into most vocabulary. So it was a natural thing to turn around to someone and go, I want to marry you. And even saying it, my voice softens, uh, a tear would go in my eye because it was that emotional to me. But it was also a realisation, I want this person for the rest of my life. And I want to show the world I want that. We, I laugh about it personally, being the good Christian that I am. I think we were up on top of St. Peter's, St. Paul's, St. Peter's, uh, looking at it. it was gorgeous, it was amazing. And I actually wanted to ask him there and then in a way because it was just a really nice moment. And it wasn't a blasphemy to the church. It was actually just an amazing spiritual moment for myself. I didn't. And a couple of days later... A nun walked by you. (laughs) A nun did walk by me. (laughs) On top of St. Paul's Basilica in the Vatican City, Eddie was about to get down on one knee to propose. And the good Catholic boy in him saw a nun walk by, so he backed out. (laughs) See, this is what happens. The good Catholic boy inside me went, no. (laughs) And I laugh about that. Uh, uh, So a couple of days later, we went out. And then when I showed him and asked him, would you marry me? And I used the words, would you marry me? And he just said the F word again and again. (laughs) And I was like going, did he really mean no? And he then kissed me and he said, yes, of course I will. Why do you want to actually get married, though? Why is that important to you? I think sometimes when people do go on a journey together, you do come to a point and go, well, why not let other people know and recognise who we are? It's celebrating the union between the two of us. So I think that's what marriage is. It's bringing together two people. Then in in context, it's bringing together two families. And then the wider families all eventually come together. I think that's the main thing, what marriage stands for rather than civil or religion. And I think that gets in the way of what the concept of marriage is. It's like bringing together two soulmates who want to say to the world, we love each other. You're nodding, John. I'm I've kind of a simple thought around it. It's... Um, Showing the sign of commitment to my soulmate. That's simply how I would put it. I want you to imagine that you're a couple back in Ireland 30 years ago. And these kind of opportunities out there to get married, to be together, to have family supporting you. Could you actually imagine what it would be like to try and be together? I can imagine because I would have been at that point is 30 years, 16 years of age coming as going on to become an adult Mm. I already had experienced what society was like John hadn't because he was only three at the time Uh, lucky git but I think on a serious point is 
society wasn't ready. And that's one thing I've always said. And I think last year allowed us to say society was ready. Now in our journey, we're now ready to do that. Could you even fathom going back that far and trying to live your life with Eddie, John? And it's come a long way. A lot of people have commented how many, how many much more same-sex couples have walked around holding hands since the introduction of, uh, introduction of the Civil Partnership Bill. But it's just becoming more visual. So I don't like to use the word normalise, but it just becomes part of day-to-day life in Dublin and Ireland. Looking to your own future, do kids ever feature in it? In my journey, I've always said, is society was never ready for two people of the same sex to have children. We are ready. Individuals are ready. Uh, I'm lucky in a way that I have uh, gorgeous lesbian friends and women are in a better position than two men. I think society allows two women to be two mothers together. And I think that is absolutely lovely. But they still have that stigma that uh, two men, it doesn't quite fit the, uh, the mould, if you want to put it. Me personally... My dad always said that I would be an amazing dad because he can see me with my nephews and nieces. And I'm with, even with John's nephews, we treat them as our kids because we're kind of their godparents in, uh, indirectly. And uh, call it, we just spoil them. And that's us allowing uh, to share our love. Uh, and I hope someday. But then again, I am getting older and it is an economic aspect. It's not just... <laughs> The fact that to have a child and rare, you can't just have it for Christmas. You have to have it for life. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. It's the whole thing of your great spoiling nephews and nieces, but that is only for a few hours. Parents out there would probably be saying, "Yeah, but try having them twenty four seven, three six five. And where um, are you at, John? I'm happy as we are. I, I think Eddie's more. He would like to have kids than I would be. I wouldn't be a no, but I'd be gone down the gay route of having two dogs <laughs> all the gays have dogs now but I wouldn't have one in an apartment but eventually John and Eddie happily married and looking to the future but what is the significance of same-sex civil marriage in Irish life Professor Tony Fahey has been observing marriage trends in Ireland for decades one of the significant things about the recent marriage referendum of course was that there was a demand for marriage you know the 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 view that was that was widespread in the mid 1990s when divorce came in was that this is sort of a uh, part of the whole decline of the institution of marriage and the people were losing interest in it and so on. Uh, and lo and behold, 20 years later, what we have is a, a, a group that previously had been marginalised, more or less banging on the door and say, this is an institution that we want to get into. And and I remember one of the posters that was used by the Yes campaign. In the marriage, in the marriage equality referendum, it said vote yes because marriage matters, and so that's that's pretty much the attitude that's there at the moment. The referendum occurred in 2015, which was 20 years on from the divorce referendum in 1995, and I think it is it is significant that it was sort of in 1995 people were looking for the right to get out of marriage. By 2015, people were looking for the right to get into it, and it does indicate that the institution still has a, a, a great deal of importance in Irish life. It was a surprise to many people how large the, the vote was in favour of um, uh, marriage equality. A much bigger vote in favour of marriage equality than, than there was in favour of divorce 20 years previously. Now, one of the very influential factors in the debate about it beforehand was the number of people who coming from a very strong religious background, a very strong Catholic background, who made the argument that on the basis of Christian principles of charity, we should do this. So there was a lot of people who were voting for it. In fact, I oddly enough think that one of the reasons the, the uh, majority was so large was because of this the almost uh, Christian vindication of it that came in the course of the campaign. Now, the arguments that were made on the other side against it, of course, there was, a, there was the argument of traditional Christian teaching on the nature of marriage, but somehow that carried an awful lot less force in people's minds. That was Professor Tony Fahey. Where are we, by the way? <laughs> Kulalina. Yeah. 
I went to meet Regina and Ronan. Come on into the conservatory, it's nice and bright. Their wedding album is water damaged, but the memories of that day are still very fresh. And oh look, <laughs> doesn't he look cute? Describe the picture for people. Can. Well, the pe- picture is of Ronan and his best man. His brother was actually away. He was in the Lebanon at the time, his only brother. So his friend Joe Grenham from uh, Boyle was his best man. And they're both dressed in black suits with frilly shirts, yeah. uh, black dicky bows with uh, Ronan's wearing a white uh, rose on his jacket and Joe has a white carnation on his. And a slight mullet there I uh, think. Very, and two long haired uh, <laughs> individuals yes. very long and uh, not grey as we are now. <laughs> and here you Speak are. yourself. <laughs> um, here I am with my sister Ursula and my dad Aww. Liam and uh, I don't, haven't got a veil on. I'm wearing a diamante a little crown on my head with a long flowing white dress. Uh, is that very, a smock? It's like a smock shape. It is like a smock shape. And my mum had a thing or two to say about that. Uh, people might be talking about you and saying you might be pregnant. <laughs> uh, but that was the style at the time, as was the uh, bridesmaids dresses were, were kind of similar as well. But there's one one bridesmaid and uh, one best man. Um, Tell me about getting the dress and coming home with the dress. Actually, I saw the dress in the first shop I went into and I absolutely loved it. Mm. But we went and we looked at a few more, but I still came back and bought that one at the at the end. And I thought I looked beautiful in it. <laughs> but your mother had a problem with it. Oh, she did. Yeah, no, she thought you know, she would have preferred something on the more traditional wedding mm. gown style of dress, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, it was what I liked. So that's what I got. Okay. Lovely. Oh. And we have <laughs> lovely pictures of the ceremony here. Yeah. And yeah, signing the marriage registry. So that's Ronan's family. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the shoes and the hairstyles. Uh, not so many hats, just Ronan's mum has a hat has a hat on. And then we finish with the love heart shot. The love the love heart shot. Um yeah. Do you know again it was uh, the photographer didn't ask I said, Can you take one of us having a kiss, please? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, I love that photograph. It's yeah. lovely. This nice uh, photograph standing in the trees up in the grounds of the Shamrock Lodge Hotel. It was really the hotel to get married in at that time as well. They had beautiful green trees and grounds around it. And um, it was, you know, the place to have your wedding at the, at, at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a great day, great reception. Ponds and cakes. Ponds and wedding cakes. Look what else I found here. What? This is the receipt of our... Um, of our reception. No. In the Shamrock Lodge Hotel. How much did it cost? It cost us £165.30 for the meal and £53.05, five pence for the drinks and wines and spirits that we had on the day. So overall it came to, I think, £240.18 for the whole reception and the drinks on the day. Oh my God, that wouldn't even buy you a... A table at a wedding. God, you've loads of receipts. My goodness. We have, yeah. The receipts are from our honeymoon. We had a week in in West Cork and a week in Kerry. Uh, Things were very different. We ended up in the uh, hotel we were in, in Kerry. Uh, We ended up arriving in our room to two single beds. (laughs) And not only were there two single beds where you couldn't put them together. One of them was at one end of the room and the other was at the other. So you'd have to put them together lengthways. And you know what? We were too embarrassed to go back down and ask them for a double bed. <laughs> and, and you newly married and everything. And we newly married and everything. Your mother would have been proud. <laughs> she probably would. <laughs> they met through the Atlone Little Theatre Drama Group and Regina remembers bringing Ronan home. Um, when I brought Ronan home, my parents absolutely loved him. <laughs> thought he was a dot. <laughs> um, so he was, you know, I mean, again, it was our house was like that. There was there was eight of us in the family, six girls and two boys. Ronan would have spent an awful lot of time in our in the family home. So when when we decided um, to get engaged, 
um, they, my parents sort of felt, you know, that we were quite young, you know. So they did say, you know, when we got in- engaged that, you know, they would prefer us to wait a year or that before we got married. And we did. We got married. It was a year later. And um, before we got married, we bought our first house. My parents uh, would be very particular. Both of them are very religious, Catholic. And the friary actually sits in the back garden of my home. So, we, you know, you sort of take all that in overshadowed by, by prayer and religion <laughs> all my life. Um, they were very concerned when we did buy the house that uh, we had the house, we would have the house to ourselves. So my brother moved down uh, with Ronan for a little while. Uh, I, I felt it was to chaperone us, like, yeah. you know. So there'd be no hanky-panky going on before we got married. (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh, it was funny, but you enjoyed the company at the time of him being with you as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Liam was, he was very, uh, very talented on the guitar and that. So I didn't mind at the time. We have the wonderful proposal. We have the house and then marriage. And do you feel that if you did it any other way, you know, or had a baby first before you got married, that it would have not been terribly welcomed by your families? I don't think, you know, at that time, all of our friends were, were doing the same thing. Nobody was living. None of, none of my friends that I can recall were living with one another at that time. Everybody sort of, you met, you had your courtship, you got married. Some people lived in a flat. Some people bought a house and then furnished it room by room. As we did, we didn't have our house fully completed when when we got married we saved money and furnished it room by room and um that was the way it was at that you know 40 years ago that's the way it was and would you have ever thought of it any differently ronan doing it any other way well that's what we did that was our life um i'm not sure that people would look at it the same way now there is opportunities people go abroad you know and now even like we were quite lucky at the time that um, you know, you could buy a house for very little money. Mm. It was possible to get a loan, even a small loan at the time. I don't think, you know, a couple would be able to do that now. Courtship and marriage rituals have changed. But Regina and Ronan, they really still valued that commitment that they made to each other as they face challenges together in life. That commitment that we gave to each other on the day of our wedding, you know, there, there would have been certainly times in the last number of years where we would have had um, because our relationship was strong in that way, it actually held our relationship together when we had serious challenges in our lives. You've mentioned in passing that you lost a child at seven. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine any more serious challenge to a relationship than that. So your commitment in your marriage must have been very strong. It was because, you know, Dealing with Kira's illness, she got leukemia when she was four years of age. And it took me away from the family home and we had two other children at, at that time. Um, and I spent a lot of time away. And then when we'd come back, you know, we were fine and you're hoping everything's going to go well. She relapsed twice during that. And that was very, very serious time, time for us. When Kira eventually lost her battle, with uh, leukemia and she died um, in the month of May, uh, 27 years ago, I think. And Verona and I, it had changed us completely. It really, I mean, that, that did change our relationship. We had to rebuild ourselves because we were idealistic and we were, we would never have foreseen anything like that ever coming into our lives. Um, but it did change both of us. It changed my perspective on life. You know, you didn't feel secure in life. There were a number of things that the ways that it changed me. The sadness that it brought into our lives, the sadness that it brought into our relationship was something that we actually had to cope with. And four years was a long time. We needed to give the time after Kara died to Deirdre and Keelan and helping them cope with the grief that they felt in their loss. But we had the grief of losing our daughter, but also of losing part of our relationship as we knew it at that time. So we we took to the roads, we walked, we talked, we walked and we talked some more. And that went on for a number of months until 
we were able to become close together again. Um, you you know you, you just lose the whole thing of relation of relationships of sex of everything that it, it takes time mm. to feel comfortable in yourself again and to be able to get back. Um, I think the relationship that that we had and certainly part of it was put to one side all during those years um, and because a high percentage of marriages break up after the death of a child. That's a known fact that research is there. And I knew that. And the commitment to the love that we had for each other actually brought us through that. Rhoda, for you, I mean, Regina very eloquently describes what that battle and what that journey was like for you. What was the change and how would you put it into words for people who are listening? Well, I suppose for probably the best part of a year afterwards you're kind of a little bit numb and uh, it's very difficult to concentrate on anything or do anything again it's one of those things when you're in a situation you have to do what has to be done and I think every parent will tell you that mm. when they're in those situations things have to be done and you do them because you love each other, you love your, your children and it's worth doing, it's worth making the sacrifice for it. and I suppose that's important. While you're talking I'm just looking out the window here and there are butterflies all over the place flying out around outside and Kira absolutely love butterflies <laughs> and they're just flying around there. Well Regina and Ronan's journey through their married life has brought them to unexpected places. Last year, they found themselves campaigning, as I found out, when I asked them, do I see a marriage equality banner in that photograph with you all in the hall? Yes, you do. Uh, our daughter, Dee, has been very involved in, was very involved in the whole referendum. Um, she organised uh, Westmead here, the whole area of that when it came up. So we were very proud of her. Um, it was her life is very, she's very private, but she felt that she couldn't sit back and do nothing. So she was one of the people along with us. We all got out, we all knocked on the doors and it changed the lives of many people. So we were delighted with the outcome. My first time ever canvassing in public <laughs> <laughs> and knocking on doors and asking people to support the cause. And uh, it was a real eye-opener because uh, people were so... Um, I, I know some doors didn't open, but most people were very engaged and very willing to listen and very willing to support. And change uh, their minds. You know, I mean, that yeah, was the thing definitely willing to change their minds. Yeah. So, like, uh, Dee wanted to get married herself to her partner, and like we remembered, this is what this is about. You know, we remembered when we got married and how important it was to us, and uh, we were we would have done anything we could to promote that. I even had, rang Joe Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's taken it to heart, isn't it? <laughs> And we've two lovely little babies here. Who who are they? They are our sons, Keelan and Eva. Got married. Uh, what is it? Five years ago, and they're their two daughters, Quiva um, and Leah. And this is the other little girl here. Is Tegan is Deirdre's partner's um, daughter, Aww. and uh, Dee and uh, Tracy are getting married in August this year. So that is uh, a big day that we're all looking forward to. So one family in the heart of Ireland is witness to all the changes in marriage over the past 40 years. Nowadays, though, fewer couples observe the courtship rituals of Regina and Ronan's day. After 13 years together, Clive and Julie got married last year. There have been lots of weddings in the family. You see, Clive was best man to his brother, Eddie, this year, while Eddie was Clive's best man last year. I visited Clive and Julie in Dundalk, where they're building a new house. So this will be your third house together, Julie, yeah. that we're looking at. Well, it's a bit of a, a building site at the moment. Um, I feel like Dermot Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what are you seeing if you look into the future with this house? Um, well, we want a very practical, uh, a very functional house. Um, we'll have a large kitchen, living, dining area. Um, very good entertainment space for all those birth parties. Um, we'll have big playroom uh, for Shannon for when all her cousins and friends and stuff are up as well play area at the back 
So just plenty of space for everybody. Uh, just a very, we, we always like a cosy home. We want something, we always had something very welcoming. So hopefully we can create that here as well. Let's cut to the chase here, Clive. How did you and Julie meet? Well, actually, Julie was, was in a relationship with an old friend of mine for a few years. And um, they had broken up and, and myself and Julie had, had stayed friends for years afterwards. And we met up for dinner one night and uh, it was a bit of a spark. And uh, we've been together ever since for the last 13 years. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think because we were such good friends first, it really made it just snowballed from there, really. We wanted to see how things would go first between the two of us before we kind of told anybody, you know. So that was a wee bit uh, fun as well, kind of having that little secret for a couple of months and not telling everyone, you know. But Yeah, we, we were together for about five months before we, we said it to anybody. And it was amazing because when, when we sort of come out and told people, you know, listen, myself and Julie are, are together, all our friends sort of said, yeah, but we knew that was going to happen anyway. <laughs> So it was a bit like, all right, well, the the element of surprise went out of it very, very quickly. But, um, yeah. When you knew it was serious, did marriage as a conversation ever enter the equation? Only when Clive was getting slagged about it. Other than that, no, not really. No, No, I have to say it wasn't a priority for me. Um, We always knew we wanted to have, have a family. So to us, that was more important to make things financially secure that if, you know, and when we had a child down the line, which is Shannon, you know, that we were in a better position to have her, that we were able to give her a lot of things that maybe we wouldn't have had ourselves as children. So it was to me that was more important, that we had a good family life and a lovely home to bring up our child. Uh, the marriage thing really didn't come until after I had Shannon that I felt, you know, again, you're not thinking about yourself, it's about the family unit. It's about when Shannon starts school and, you know, I want her to know that Mammy and Daddy love each other and that Mammy and Daddy got married. Clive, if you think about the relationship you met, you moved in together, you had a house, you had a baby, and then you got married. Did you ever come under pressure or was there an expectation that you would do it the other way around? you get married and then you'd get a house and then you'd get a baby, if you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's funny, Brenda. Um myself and Julie got engaged you know a couple of years in so we were engaged for quite a long time and Julie is fantastic because she never put me under any pressure to get married and vice versa I never put Julie under any pressure to get married I guess we, we thought down the road eventually we, we will get married but there was absolutely no pressure uh, exactly what Julie said we sort of set a date um, it was about two years ago about two years ago um, we set it for the 20th of June um, last year, 2015. We had a fantastic time. And our daughter was four years of age and she'd done flower girl for us. And, and that was a bit special as well. You know, it was lovely to have her there at our wedding. I think sometimes if you're a wee bit young, you don't appreciate things in life. I think as you get older, it's the little things of having your family and friends there around you is so important. And we just really thoroughly enjoyed the day. I would just do it all over again. We just enjoyed it so much. Do you feel as a couple that your relationship changed or deepened, as some people say, when you actually got married? I, I don't know if there was any change, Brenda, but there was certainly a beautiful unity and... And uh, I'm not saying that we're more respectful of each other, but I guess when you're married, um, you wouldn't, well, not that we'd have any tantrums, but, (laughs) you you know, you're definitely a lot more respectful um, of each other and each other's wishes and moving forward as a family unit. You listen to your wife a lot more and she's she's a wise young lady. You do less for yourself, I guess. You buy less for yourself when, when you have family. You, you concentrate on the family unit a lot more. You know, it's you go out and you work and you, and, and you do your best to support and, and be supportive. Like, we have such a brilliant relationship. So, as, as Clive said, it didn't really change much in that respect because we always got on very well. It was always about our family unit anyway. Um, but it is lovely to turn around and refer to Clive as you know, my husband, and for him to hear, oh, Julie, this is my wife, introducing me as his wife, and it is really nice, even after 13 years. <laughs> it's lovely, you know, took him long enough, for sure. <laughs> and given that they're actually delighted with their marriage, should they have done it sooner? I guess when I was younger, no, I wasn't ready to settle. Absolutely not. I don't think Julie probably was either. We probably met at the right stage of our lives. 
and we certainly got married at, at, at the right stage of our lives um, I'm, I'm sure Julie would think the same I was very lucky I'm, I'm a good bit older than Julie I'm, I'm almost 15 years older than Julie so for, for me to have a daughter at, at the age of 46 years of age um, was an amazing time in my life I have to say because um, I, I was really ready for her Exactly. I, I, I'm getting this idea. Julie, you had to mature him, is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Explain. It takes a good woman to settle a man like Clive McGuinness down. <laughs> I'm not the type of person that, that does things the way it's supposed to be done. I like to do things my own way. Uh, so to follow tradition doesn't run well with me. Everyone has to live their own life as they see fit. Um, like I would have had a lot of people over the years saying, oh, would you not like to get married? And, you know, sure, what's the point, like, if you're not going to get married? And to me, it was never about that. It's about the, the relationship I had committed to. And we got married in our own time. So I think things change all the time. Life changes all the time. And as we can see in life around us at the moment, uh, we're moving more and more away from tradition. I'm happy with the way we did things, that's all I can say. The way Julie and Clive did things, they lived together for years, got engaged, had their daughter and finally got married last year, is, according to Professor Tony Fahey, the way things are done today. Marriage is still a very in-demand institution. The way that people get married has changed in the sense that it's now, I think, exceptional probably for people to not live together first so there, it's a kind of a staged process now in a way that it wouldn't have been in the past uh, it means that people marry a bit later the typical age at which people get married now few people marry before the age of they're certainly their late 20s or early 30s and when when I was growing up there, there, were, there used to be a question as to whether we should have trial marriages uh, and of course that's what we now have in the sense that people do uh, live together first and if it doesn't work out, they simply split up and it's a completely private affair. You know, there's no uh, fuss over it and then they try it again. But marriage is a very public declaration. And having a wedding that expresses who you are is the idea behind Lorraine and Will's business called Marry Me Ireland. But they were together 13 years and already parents when Will surprised both of them by proposing marriage. For some reason, it just came over me. I think it was in my head and it was coming towards Christmas and I wanted to do it. So I got down on one knee. I was on the steps of the Sugar Club and uh, I always remember some guy walking down and just kind of seeing me on my knee and looking at me going, is this, are you for real? <laughs> and I looked up and went, I am, yeah. Go on, will you? Walk on, buddy. And she just had a shocked face on her. And... I don't think I've ever been so shocked or surprised in my life. Uh... And then the rest of the evening is a bit of a blur, to tell you the truth. But the next morning he woke me up and said, do you still want to get married? And I just had this sense of equal parts, dread and happiness. That moment there, that moment of decision, for whatever reason it was, changed everything in our lives. So you said yes. Yeah, and, to get and, our, and our, our marriage had started when we met. I mean, that's how I see it, the relationship. I mean, our, you know, our daughter at the time was seven and we don't, you, don't start, you don't start your relationship from the time you get married. There's an awful lot that comes before that. Um, so really it was a celebration of our 13 years to that date previously and then more to come. And so it was that sort of, it was a pivotal moment. I just wanted a party, but I also wanted, I mean, I'm an anthropologist. I wanted some kind of ritual, some kind of ceremony, but something really meaningful to who we are um, and our friends and family. And a, a wedding isn't just even the coming together of the couple. It's communities, it's, it's family, it's relatives, it's people that um, may not even know each other that well, that are all in one place celebrating one thing. And you're, you're celebrating everyone's relationships when you're there. It's, you know, it's, it was a fabulous day. <laughs> but if it was a fabulous day, then why was Lorraine so unsure about getting married and marriage? It seems a bit patriarchal, this idea of sort of, you know, you get married and then you take the name and all of those other things and sort of, you you know, maybe then there's children and you're staying at home. And I was always quite career driven. I'm, I'm an academic and I also have a, another couple of businesses. So uh, that just didn't appeal, the whole traditional thing. And I never, ever was one of those girls that dreamed of the aisle and the white dress, not in a million years. <laughs> Now, Will, I know you probably didn't dream of the aisle in a white dress no, yourself. No, but I, I, what did you think? Did you think, yes, I will get married someday? I think when I hit my 20s, at that stage, it was 
not really important at all to me. Um, I didn't see the relevance. I thought it was outdated mm. and um, didn't really think I was, I was going to get married. When I met Lolly, obviously I loved her. I was with her for a long time, but it never really was something that I thought I kind of will do. I suppose, until I did. What were your fears about being married? What was really holding you back? You just, I mean, I teach gender in, in UCD. So as a consequence, I'm often teaching about sort of inequality. And I think that I, I did see marriage as sort of holding up inequality to some extent. And also because I had felt and maybe said many times, oh, sure, I'm never getting married. You know, what's the point? You know, if you're with somebody and you love them, that's the most relevant thing. And then obviously children come along and there are other issues I felt I still felt hypocritical because I was always like you know I'm not gonna do it but eventually I just kind of thought well I will I will do it is it better than you thought when I met Lolly I think I married her as I used to say to her you know I married you the day I saw you you know and I did in my mind so I think there is a small change when you get married, but it's 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 not as big as a thing as you perceive it to be when you're young. Lorraine and Will married after 13 years of being together. Anthony and Kevin have been together for 30 years and they've two sons, but they've never married. In their relationship, they've tried to find a new way of defining their family by deciding not to get married. Anthea explained this decision to me. Um, it's trying to find a different way of living that as humans, uh, myself and Kevin primarily, but then Nisha and Vimara came into our world, agree with and can feel happy about. And it's a new way of living. And we haven't done this as a social experiment. You know, it's been about like love and commitment and, f- and actually quite a lot of fun. The, the decision about marriage was part of a life, a whole life style decision around how we would share roles or it was about trying to strip some of that back. I still think a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman getting married is just buying into a system that we know is unfair and sets up gender relations in a way that I'm just not, I don't want to enter into that institution. Were you afraid to fall into the pitfall of those? No. No. Kevin does the washing, I do the toilets, we all both cook, both clean. It's just a shared task fluid Arrangement. And did that decision not to marry affect the sense of themselves as a family? Well, I can explain it, but Nisha maybe could explain it better. We've had some very, very amusing moments along the way, including the, do you remember the two tree debacle, the millennium trees? They planted a tree for every family in Ireland and we got a letter, two letters saying we had two trees. I didn't quite understand why we had two trees seeing as we were one family. Nisha was really upset at the time. He was only, I think he was six. And you kept saying, oh, but they don't think we're a real family. How dare they not think we're a real family? Coming from this kind of family, I wouldn't have understood what the whole deal with marriage is. But it was those kind of little things that were kind of poke into my little world. And did they rethink their decision as their children grew older? They went to a school that was really accepting. It was multi-denominational. It had gay, they were gay parents, they were lesbian parents, they were separated parents, were all sorts of different families and everyone was accepted. So we were really lucky. So it didn't become an issue till secondary school when there wasn't that option for in secondary education. So there was a there was a we did think about it how other people might react to the fact we weren't married and how they might react to my, our children because we love our children and uh yes i will say that again we do love our children <laughs> and um we were worried that it might impact on them that was the only time we ever considered it as an issue and it wasn't our issue but we we worried how it might affect our children so why didn't you go through with it then well, we worried about it, but we didn't think it was a valid reason for us to do it. And we were willing to stand by them and they were willing to stand by us while we came through it all together. And actually, I, I think it's made us a bit stronger as a family. I think uh, as time went by, I think we felt it would be dishonouring our time together if we got married the time we'd already been together. and uh, As if our, our real relationship only started with a marriage. So as time went by, it became increasingly less likely we were going to get married because we felt that would just 
that just didn't add up in terms of making sense of the time we'd already spent together and committed together. So, And I think it became a thing about trying to prove that it could work as well. And it seems to have worked for them, despite scepticism. The thing that really sticks in my mind was when we went for joint guardianship when FIMBO was born, which was about 1991, and we went in and it was a non-contested, it was an agreed guardianship uh, application. We had to go into front of the judge and we were leaving and it was a woman judge. She said, uh, are you planning to get married? And we said, no. And we thought it was some sort of legal question. And we said, you know, why? She said it would be better for the child. I suppose that let, that was part of it. So it was almost all the institutions of the state were being judgmental of you not being married and being a parent. All of those things gave us something to stand up against. So that from a there's a personal piece to it, but the political piece was to maybe stand up against and not be put off by those judgments. But it isn't just the personal judgment that gave them pause for thought. There are practical concerns too, as Kevin explains. I think the biggest outstanding one for us is inheritance. So we're treated as strangers, you know, when, when we as we're getting older and, you know, if when one of us dies, the other won't inherit or we'll pay more tax, likely pay more tax. There's lots of things you have to do to get around that, but that's still, I would say... We're still, rec- we're still not recognised as a couple for that purpose. No, I mean, I could be feeding the old lady's cat down the road. Which actually, it's more like she'll be feeding mine. Some yeah. young, young lady will be feeding mine. And I, if I left my money to her or she left her money to me, we're taxed as legal strangers as well. So there's no difference between me and the cat lady and me and Kevin. And we'll have been together for, God, how many years by then, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> he, sh- he shakes his head. <laughs> Are you angry about that? Uh, well, I think Anthea's okay. decided she's going straight to the High Court, I think, oh, yeah. if I die first. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to bother, but I think Anthea... Yeah, I'll put my name down. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready in my grief. It'll give me something to do <laughs> for the Supreme Court's yeah. challenge. How would you both like the law to define your relationship? Well, one interesting thing is we have a friend from Holland. She came over to one of the first civil partnerships we went to. And we, myself and Anthony were thinking, well, we might, in, in solidarity with our lesbian gay friends, have a civil partnership and discovered we couldn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a shock. <laughs> you had to be same sex to have a civil partnership. And now there's, now there's marriage equality. I presume civil partnership will... They're gone. Will be gone. Yeah, so... Uh, but our friend in Holland was saying you can do either. In Holland, heterosexual couples, gay couples can have a more uh, informal civil partnership or a, a, or a marriage. Um, so I suppose choice is what I'd be looking for um, and some regularisation or some recognition of our family. And that presumably will involve a constitutional change of some sort eventually with, with the article having to be... The, 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 the family based on marriage having to be removed. Reality has, has gone way beyond law as as often happens so it will eventually catch up maybe but there's so many different types of families now i think i think the constitution is way behind the lived experience of people in this country the social rule book on courtship marriage and weddings have been rewritten in the past generation but what actually strikes sociologist professor tony fahey is that there seems to be a stability in the emerging new family order first of all you might say that the 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 extent of movement away from traditional arrangements has proved not to be as great in Ireland as people might have expected. Certainly uh, a much higher incidence of births outside of marriage, but that turns out not to be as different as, as it looks at first sight because so many of those who have a child outside of marriage are in a couple relationship and, and actually in, in a lot of instances they eventually marry. There is this big uh, study now of children in Ireland, the Growing Up in Ireland survey, And uh, the general pattern there is that by the time children are 10, about 80% of them are living in two-parent families with the same parents who have been together since before, you know, what you might call the traditional family unit of two parents and children in in the original family unit. And that's about 8 out of 10. And it isn't changing, you know. Uh, we, We still talk as if we're on a trajectory to somewhere else. But actually there's been a lot of stability now in the in the in the in the patterns that have emerged. Most of them had emerged by the end of, you know, sort of mid to late 1990s. And so we're nearly now into our second decade. of, And in my own view of it is the kind of we have a new order of family life, which differs in some respects from the old order that was there. It doesn't differ uh, completely from the old order. And it's sort of settled now into a new mix. It is a mix. 
of the traditional two-parent family married with their children and various other family forms which uh, account for minorities of various sizes. I began this journey by meeting two couples, each with their own experience of marriage. Regina and Roland are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. I asked them after 40 years of marriage, what is it that they still love about each other? Now that's a <laughs> <laughs> that's a toughie. <laughs> that is a, a, a tough question. Um, sometimes the way he can uh, surprise me, uh, his humour at times, um, uh, quirkiness and replies. Uh, I'd have to say to texts and things to the family. Um, the tender, the tender moments at times as well are lovely. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that he still loves me after all this time. <laughs> and Ronan, about Regina, what is it? What do you still love about her? What is it you love about her? Just that uh, never say die spirit, you know, that's always there. And um, uh, at times when, you know, I I mightn't come through things, uh, she'd, she'd always be there to, you know, say you know don't let that upset you don't let that get to you whatever happens we'll deal with it I, I suppose that has always been the the hallmark and uh, I I think that's that's the way it, 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 it always will be hopefully it'll always be like that anyway yeah yeah <laughs> oh for god's sake you're nearly in tears Regina <laughs> We haven't, I suppose, that's the essence of it, really. Do you mm-hmm. know, I mean, it, it is always, regardless of what's happened in our lives, I think our love and the commitment that we made on the day of our wedding actually has brought us through so many things together and hopefully will in the future. And that, you know, hopefully we'll have numbers of years together still where we can enjoy our lives and get away together and do things together and spend time together like we've always loved doing. At the beginning of the programme, we met John and Eddie, now, I had a moment with them just after the wedding ceremony. Their friends and family were all milling around. But I got to ask them, what does it feel like to be newly married? I think at the moment, uh, the emotions inside, it's like you have a knot inside and it's just been released. Uh, as I held John's hands, uh, as he was saying, his vows, my eyes were well now, but I was also watching John's eyes well up because these mean an absolutely so much to us. One of the moments in there that Miles, the registrar, when he said husband and husband, that was the most special part of it, I think, for me. For both of us, I'd say. And it's wonderful to see your family and friends gather in such a joyful celebration. I think no matter what anyone says, love is a powerful thing. It's the most powerful four-letter word out there, no matter what anyone says. And I love them so much. Love you too. That's all for this edition of Like Family. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out rte.ie forward slash radio one forward slash like family.